Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. If we were gonna kidnap a celebrity and hold them for ransom, yeah. the person I think it would most make sense for me to kidnap is my cousin Justin Bieber. Yes. Because it would make a salacious story. They would be like, his his pathetic cousin <laughs> who had to move to the England to do comedy is kidnapping him and has demanded twelve thousand dollars <laughs> ransom. <laughs> Red and Bobby. Welcome back to The Year Is, the podcast where every episode, me, comedian Bobby Mayer, and me, comedian and media mogul Red Richardson, travel back in time to a year in history. This year, Bobby, we are going back to 1963, a very interesting year. Let's go back in time, 1963. So many things happened this year that it's going to be impossible for us to cover them all. It would, take a, it would take a whole year. <laughs> I like when you say a joke that you think is great. It is good. And then you just look at me. <laughs> you laugh at your own joke. Well, like, come jo- on. Jody's shaking uh, with laughter. I think that might be shame. <laughs> 1963, um, the iconic... Porsche 911. Is it 911 or 911? I've never known how to say it. Well, nobody says 911 of anything. 911 <laughs> has outbranded all 911s. Yeah, no one's ever like, I called 911 because my wife had a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. It's 911. I knew an American girl whose birthday was on 11th of September. It's just like, not, not anymore. You know, <laughs> that's over. Yeah. You don't have a birthday. <laughs> just putting out your balloons. Yeah. Hey, everyone. What? Nah. Um, <laughs> that was the birth of the wanker, wasn't it, when that car came out? I mean, it's definitely the car that if you are having a midlife crisis, yes. if your wife has left you, mm. if you feel like your penis isn't large enough. Yes. You're saying you're really nodding with a well, sense. No, I think, that, I think that's the car you <laughs> no, get. I feel like what I feel like just happened was I was I was an ad and you were watching <laughs> yeah. the ad going, yes, I need this. Yes. <laughs> Next week I'll yes. arrive in a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> you should get a Porsche. And you're like, a Porsche is what I need. No, it's, it's the sort of car that screams of like my wife and kids won't speak to me because I got my daughter's friend pregnant. You know, like that's the, <laughs> that's the sort of car it is. I never look at someone in a Porsche and go... I trust you. I always think like, like we all dream mm. about getting a lot of money. We yeah. dream, we sit and we dream, but having like a really nice 
like a flashy sports car yeah. just makes me think, oh, you just really want everyone to know. Yeah, it's different to having a really nice house. I'd love to have a really nice house. Like, I dream of having money so I don't have to impress anyone, yeah, whereas yeah. some people want money just to impress people. If I have money, if I had, like, infinite wealth, I am walking around in stained sweatpants all the time. So no one knows. No, not so no one knows, just because that's how I want to live. Mm. I can finally live the way I want to live. Okay. Oh, uh, Bobby, did you brush your teeth today? Did I brush my teeth today? I think what you mean to say is, do I brush my teeth anymore? <laughs> and the answer is no, because I'm worth $3 billion. <laughs> What's my plan? Well, I'm going to eat as much sugar as I can. And when my teeth rot out of my mouth, I'm going to buy new teeth. <laughs> so every month you just go to the dentist and get new teeth. Yes. <laughs> and then they say, Bobby, you kind of stink. Why are you wearing those clothes when you're worth $3 billion? Why am I wearing these disgusting clothes? Because I pay you to be near me. And I can wear whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. But don't you want to, like, go to parties and mingle with people? I do. And I want to be so powerful that when they speak to me and I stink and I'm disgusting to look at, they have to tell me how good I smell just in the hopes of getting a bit of my money. <laughs> That's what I want. That is my money dream. Yep. My money dream is to be a beyond-the-pale slob. Also. Yeah, I have a mansion, but is it clean? No. It, every And I couldn't get a cleaner, but I just, I, my dog would just shit everywhere. This sounds like the worst rich person and ever. And people walk into the house and they say, oh, I think your dog had an accident. I say, it wasn't an accident. That's just where he goes. <laughs> accident implies I didn't train him to shit in the kitchen. <laughs> And people say, oh, do you have a mohawk now? I say, no, no, no. I just shower so rarely that I can stick my hair into a grease tip. I love having a grease tip. It'd be so... So you'd be like Secret Millionaire. What's that show? You know, when they have a secret... One of them's really rich and they get a job in the Yeah, place. I'd be a great Secret Millionaire. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'd get the job... I'd have to... I'd be so disgusting. They'd have to give me a job volunteering in a homeless shelter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the homeless people would complain... That you stank. That I was disgusting. They'd be like, listen, we're having a tough time, but this guy is fucking awful. Can we get rid of him? And I'd say, I like your honesty. Come live with me. Yeah. And then... They, I'd clean my house for them. What, for the homeless people? Yeah, I don't want them to have to live in my filth. Okay, but I nice. would, when they called me disgusting, then I'd say, you're an honest man. I like honesty. No, no, fair enough. Come with me. But only if they were having a tough time. If it was someone else that was rich and they said I was disgusting, I would buy their company and fuck their wife. But you'd be so smelly that you probably couldn't have sex with their wife. Listen, you've seen... These ugly men mm -hmm. who have so much money, we have to pretend they're not ugly. No, who? The people whose networks we hope to appear on someday. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, them. Those people. Well, those hot guys. <laughs> those hot guys. Is Elon Musk really an attractive man? He's not, as billionaires go, he's not that bad. But there's nothing about him. He's not, no one looks at him and thinks, hot guy. They just think, well, no deformities. 
Yeah, for a bit. Of, I just mean yeah. It's like for, you know when everyone goes, Ted Bundy was hot. It's like yeah, for a serial killer, Elon Musk is is attractive for a billionaire because most of them are disgusting. Yeah, and they're disgusting. If you're super attractive, you don't need billions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The men who need billions are the men who are not going to get praise any other way. No, it's, it's we also... are those men. What who could be billionaires? Yes, we are. Gross enough, unpleasant enough. I don't agree with this, but yeah, carry on. We could do it. Okay. Well, you don't want a Porsche, then? Is is the roundabout way of saying that? <laughs> no, I'd drive one if like it was offered. But it's also a two door. It's, it's, it's such a fuck you thing to have a two door car, isn't it? Like, no, one other person, no one else allowed. What I like about a sports car is it says. I don't have kids, or I don't see my kids. Yeah, yeah. I know someone who got a sports car, and he's he's got a new girlfriend, and they both have kids from different relationships, and uh, they just bought a sports car two-door. And you go, what message is that sending everyone else? Mummy and daddy <laughs> bought a car for when they don't want to see you. Yeah, basically. Our Porsche 911 yeah, yeah, is yeah. for when you are awful. <laughs> and then we go away in the car and have real fun, which we've never had with you. <laughs> have you ever driven a Porsche? Never. I've never driven a sports car, I don't think. What's the coolest car you've driven? Volkswagen, <laughs> probably what? like a Volkswagen. What Golf? They're quite good. I like a Volkswagen. Golf. Yeah. Well, what have you driven? Lamborghini. No, you haven't. You only just passed your test. <laughs> you failed your theory eight times. I failed my theory seven times. What's so funny on the is that drive. you call me stupid. Or that you failed your theory like eight times. Yeah. It's a. We live in a country. I'm not from this country, and mm. there is a vernacular for driving in this country that I'm not familiar or with. different sides of the road. No, different sides of the road. <laughs> also, like, you just left, call left, things left, different. Left, 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 right. <laughs> no, it's because you have, like, terms like, what, do you know what a, like a... Stop. No. <laughs> Child in the road. <laughs> Don't hit. I know that one. Yeah. Live and learn. Yeah. Regret. Yeah. No, because you have terms like... A red route. Do you know what a red route is? Red? Yeah. It's my route home. No, see, you have no idea. You wouldn't pass the test either. What's a red, what's a red route? It's uh, for people with orange hair only allowed down it. No, exactly. You don't know. What is it? No, I don't remember now. I've, I've already forgotten, but okay. it's a thing you have to know. Yeah. And I didn't know. Well, fair enough. So you criticized me for a test you couldn't even pass. No. <laughs> You'd be sat outside the theory place with a Porsche, Porsche, and you're just going and sleeping. In it. I must pass next time, and then I can finally leave, leave this parking spot. I've done nothing but eat in W. H. Smith. It was for so three embarrassing. Weeks. I'd go into that test, and uh, they'd be like, uh, "Can we see your license?" They look at the license, and then then they say, "What do you do for a living?" For some reason, they needed to know that. I'm like, "I'm a comedian," and the lady'd be like. I've never heard of you. <laughs> cool. It was this place in Croydon, and I stopped going to one in Croydon after, like, the fourth test. Yeah. Because I couldn't handle the shade this woman threw at me every time I failed. I'm like, if I'm going to fail, I at least want someone to be nice to me. So you had to go to a different district. Then I tried going to Southwark. I booked that in. Turns out I booked the wrong day. Showed up. Couldn't get in there. Had to go back to Croydon just to see the woman's sad eyes again when she was like, oh, the failure comedian has came back to fail. Yeah, that's that must have uh, that must have stung. You're the slowest driver in the world, though. I am. I've only ever 
I've hardly ever ta- only ever take on the motorway. That that very rarely do. I just don't like it. I don't like going that fast. I also think if you're in a hurry, leave earlier. <laughs> you know, I would drive for, like if you've got a if someone's pregnant in the car and is giving birth, that's a reason to go faster. But other than that, I don't see any people make it like their personality that they drive fast, and you just go. Oh. I would say if someone's giving birth, you should stop the car. No one wants to give birth at 90 miles an hour. Well, I'm trying to get to the hospital. What if you stop the car and it's like... Oh, you mean in labor? If they're yeah, in, in labor. labor. Yeah, she's in labor. And you go, all right. <laughs> but but if someone was actually giving birth... Yeah. You'd stop the car, well, right? But, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't speed up. I don't think it helps a baby... What, so you'd Come a- out of the womb by speeding up the car. But then you got to get to hospital. No, but sometimes you can't get... Red, just for your future reference, if someone... Like, if the if the head has started to come out, you don't slam on the gas. You stop. You do. you got to get to hospital. <laughs> no, this is... No, no, you're wrong. You call an ambulance. Well, so you, you just pull into a McDonald's and get a McMidwife. <laughs> you, well, you just... You do whatever you need to do, but you don't... You wouldn't speed up if the, if the baby is, like, coming I'm getting, out. I'm getting to the hospital. Um, I'm sorry. This isn't... Uh, I don't live in the Amazon jungle. Uh, I, we have the NHS here, so I'm, I'm taking it, and they're dealing with it. It's between them and her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when my, mom, my sister was giving birth, my mum drove her to the hospital, and uh, she, my mum put the hazards on her car. <laughs> it's like a, she thought it was like a siren. <laughs> Did it work? No, people just didn't know which way she was going. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like, do like, you coming through hazard? And my sister's in the back nearly giving birth. It's weird to have a Porsche in a time when you think like so many bad things are going on in America, like marches against racism, huge oppression. Imagine just sort of driving past a civil rights march in your Porsche. You'd find you'd feel, feel a bit, feel like a dick, you know? <laughs> That's the thing that money gives people. Yeah. They're all right. Yeah. They don't mind because they're so good feeling that everyone else's pain mm. just seems like distant yeah. somehow. Which I always thought like turning up in a funeral in a Ferrari, if you're the only guy on that, is kind of a dick thing to do, isn't it? I think that at a funeral, mm. you should, it's respectful to drive there in a hearst that way if they don't have a hearst you can help out it's called a hearse isn't it i would say hearst yeah in canada they say hearst what do you think jody uh you're right it's a hearst. no a hearst it's a hearst okay uh so <laughs> god forbid jody one of us dies and bobby organizes a funeral can i get a hearst please <laughs> <laughs> we'll turn up with a painting from Damien Hurst. There's just some... <laughs> <laughs> the shark in the fucking... <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> I brought a, I know I know that Grandma loved painting, yeah. so we're going to bury her with this painting. I've got Hurst. We're all going to travel with Red's body. Uh, <laughs> get my mum and dad outside, and there's just the shark. I like that even in your fantasies, what? I outlive you. <laughs> and then you, you gaffer tape me onto a Damien Hurst shark, and then everyone else to carry me to the church (laughs) (laughs) my last embarrassing moment (laughs) i don't know if you know this red but 1963 was the year of beatlemania 
Yeah, they blew up. I watched the. Do you see the Ron Howard documentary about them? No. Okay, they literally. It's like they quit because they quit playing live because they can't even perform anymore because people are screaming so much and it's just insane. And they were the first. No one did stadium gigs before them, so they got to a level where they were so big and they could perform in these arenas, but technology hadn't caught up with how successful they were, so they couldn't actually perform like there wasn't speakers available to cater to how big their audiences were and there's a bit at the end like they do this gig in in america i'd forgotten the name of the stadium chase stadium i think it was and they do that and there's no no one was used to like dealing with this sort of fame now you'd have like a back entrance and 10 cars bodyguards stuff like that and this little van just comes and drives through the stadium and they will have to jump in the back and they're driving off and people are just bang on the van and one of the, I think it was George Harrison was like, we all just looked at each other and was like, this is not fun anymore. Because they're just so famous. People are literally screaming. They walk on stage and they're like, yeah, it's so annoying. We just wanted to play the music. And you're like, shut up. <laughs> you know, I would much prefer if I had my gigs, if I just got up everyone and, and I'm like, yeah, I can't even get a punchline out. I do perform live less because of this issue. Well, because you've gotten so, so successful with teenage girls. <laughs> I don't know what vibe I'm putting out, yeah. but the people who come to my shows... They just go, ah! They scream a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of screaming. Good screaming? Well, what... There are no... Listen, just because a lot of my audience have recently left psychiatric wards... Yeah. And seeing me somehow triggers them into their childhood... Of course. And they start... <laughs> they start... Entering a state of a depressed <laughs> mania, mania, <laughs> Bobby mania, <laughs> where they scream like infants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just scream. It's. <laughs> Do they pay to get in? It's rarely at actual venues. Usually, it's in a car park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or you know, some kind of just. Um, what was that guy you had coming to you? Do you mind saying? I remember you telling me once ages ago about guy who always used to come to your shows and had the weird job. Do you remember his job was watching? I get the weird. You you don't pick your fans. No. So I. Yeah, the, I mean, I told you this. This guy came up to me after show. So that was a great set. I said, "Oh, what, you know, you just." I'm uncomfortable with praise. So I said, oh, what do you do? And mm. he said, oh, I work in like internet security. I'm like, oh, what does that mean? And then he was like, oh, I look at bad people's computers. I was like, and the way he said it, I just knew what he meant. And I was like, wait, <laughs> do you mean that you like watch child pornography for a living? Jesus Christ. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, that's horrible. Oh, God. And he was like, no, you get used to it. You get used to it. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, you can, in front of his girlfriend. Jesus, so he, he must come home from work. And, how was your day? And she's like, yeah, it was good. My manager's being a dick at the pub. And I was, yeah, just kind of boring. I'm just too used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird paycheck, isn't it? The thing is, the problem is, is someone has to do it to stop bad things happening. But... You do go, oh, it doesn't have to, you know what I mean? I just, that, I, that's not a job for me. <laughs> that's a good, that's a, that's a good mm. place to plant your flag. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> my name is Red Richardson and I don't want to watch child pornography for money. Yeah, there's not many things I wouldn't do for money and that's, that's one of them <laughs> on, the, on the tiny list. <laughs>
also, mm. then I just started thinking about this guy. Mm. And I'm like, okay, this guy, he's got this job. What if he is actually a pedophile? That would make sense. And he has just found his calling. Yeah. Like all the other pedophiles are paying for child pornography and he's getting paid to watch it. So really he's found his dream job. Yeah, I think you're on I, the thing is if you put an ad in the paper saying got this role, you know, 35 grand a year company car watching child porn. Um I guarantee you 99.9% of the people who'd apply <laughs> would, would would have previous convictions <laughs> for the very thing that you're hiring them to stop. I feel, I feel the, the only the only way like how do you how do you you can't look inside of someone how do you tell like Willison we're giving you this job on the condition that you do not enjoy it at all oh my god like you that's that's what you want you just want to make sure they get no joy from it or else it's disgusting <laughs> yeah you'd have to like have a heart monitor or something like that <laughs> well did, 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 oh fuck him put him in prison <laughs> i'd hope well i'd hope your heart rate goes up I would say if your heart rate doesn't change when you see that stuff, you're insane. Oh, Jesus I don't know. Uh... There's only one. There's only one way to tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the blood going? Oh, Jesus Christ, Bobby. Where is the blood going? Oh, God. Anyway, the Beatles. <laughs> I don't know how we got from I want to hold your hand to child porn from but yeah, we did. We, fans, we were talking about yeah, fans. The Beatles used to have fans that would that teenage girl fans that would faint when they saw them. Which is is that a teenage girl I don't remember like when women are young, they get obsessed with things in a way I don't think boys do in terms of celebrity and stuff like that, you know? Like, I when I was young, all my mates and stuff would have pictures of, like, women topless on their walls. But it was just like, oh, that's Kelly Brook and that's someone else. It wasn't like, I am going to marry that woman, whereas women do. Well, I think it's because we, like, objectify well, women. So we're like, they're just that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Whereas they fall in love with strangers. Yes. Okay. Okay. That, I would say that's probably yeah, the yeah. difference. Yeah, yeah, so theirs is deeper and more meaningful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, Whereas you're like, oh, boobs. <laughs> they think, oh, that guy could save me. That would be nice if he <laughs> saved me and swept me off my feet. Whereas we're just like, I'd like to fuck her. <laughs> Can I fuck her? And no, like, okay, fuck someone else. They're like, he's a good person. He's got good morals. He's good looking and he's talented. Whereas we're like, I don't care what neo-Nazi <laughs> sex she's part of. I like her boobs. <laughs> That was the first, because after Elvis, I think, you know, um, Beatles were the first massive, probably to this day, the biggest band of all time, I'd say. Yeah. You look at everything they've done, it's insane. And, you know, they split up when they were like 29. So three years younger than I am now, starting this uh, already toxic podcast. Um, they, they had had a band that had changed the world forever already for eight years. It would be so annoying. Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm has to still talk about it yeah in interviews so he has to he's what what is he 78 yeah it was ages ago so he's he's like almost 80 and then he has to pretend to care what he did when he was 29 yeah yeah, like why did you guys break up and he's like like when i think of what i did when i was 29 years old even now at 35 
five. I'm not like I couldn't defend it. No, I I couldn't be like well actually. I don't know. I was, tw- I was, it yeah. was a while ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it, it's so odd how once you're famous, you just have to be able to defend or profusely apologize for every decision you've made ever. Well, you also get, you get stuck as that person. Yeah. Like, I've, uh, I took a piss next to Paul McCartney in a, uh, uh, he was at a wedding I went to. Interesting. And, uh, we went, I went to the Portaloo and he was pissing in the urinal next to me. And I looked at him and said, all right, mate. He said hello, <laughs> and that was it. I once opened the NME Awards, yeah. and uh, it it was it was I wasn't getting paid. It was for exposure, <laughs> and they said they didn't pay you. They said before the show starts, we just want you to go out and do some stand up because we think you're really funny. And I was like, oh, this is great. The lights will be down, right? And there'll be like a spotlight on my. Li-. They're like, oh yeah. None of that happened. I walked out on stage to a wall of 3,000 famous people talking to each other while I stood on stage trying to do stand-up comedy. And the way they pitched it to me was, Jesse from Breaking Bad will be there. Paul McCartney will be there. I was so excited. I told everyone for weeks about this. And I'd only lived in this country for like two years. It was so... It felt like this is my moment. Mm -hmm. And then I get on stage... 3,000 people are talking. I can't see them, but I know that somewhere in Paul McCartney's mind, I live as a guy who tried to do comedy terribly while he was trying to have a conversation with his wife. Or a friend he hadn't seen for years. Yeah. And I imagine that memory is somehow next to the memory of the guy who stared at him in a urinal. Yeah, we probably live in his head. Yeah. Yeah, if we ever meet him, we should go, you might not remember us, but I ruined your night at the Enemy Awards and I nodded at you while you were pissing. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny about that is you did it for free. I did do it for free. And somewhere in the world, a man is being paid to watch child pornography (laughs) while you host the Enemy Awards for free. (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. I bet you there's... uh, I'd love to have gone round recording famous people talking about you like who the fuck is this i have never felt more deflated (laughs) so what did you think of that what was that (laughs) why was he there did anyone listen at all well they tried to comfort me by saying the balcony was really into it you Uh, just couldn't see or hear them i was like i don't think the balcony balcony loved it (laughs) what was going on why are you just there they were just talking they didn't stop yeah no one announced me i just walked out to nothing and did they look up at once and go oh he's here no it was just a wall of noise while i talked kind of better though because it's not a bomb it's not like you went on and they all went oh some comedy and then paul mccartney sat there and just went Ah, oh, I was really up for this. And I was supposed to do 10 minutes. And mm. after five minutes, I said, I think that's enough. Thank you. And then as I walked off, the stage manager was like, you only did five minutes. Now I, I said, I don't care. Yeah, he said, that's enough exposure for me. <laughs> yeah, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been exposed <laughs> like a flasher in the park. I don't think this has taken me to the top. Loads of important people now hate me. Thank you very much for the opportunity. <laughs> that's brilliant. Moving on, mm-hmm. in 1963, Frank Sinatra Jr. was kidnapped at gunpoint in Lake Tahoe. Really? So this group of people, they come to his hotel room with a gun. They say, get in the car. They drive him to L.A. from Lake Tahoe. 
He spends four days locked up with them. And then Frank Sinatra Sr. is having to conduct negotiations to give a ransom by payphone. And then eventually he pays $240,000 and gets his son out. That's a lot back back then, a lot of money, millions probably by yeah. today's standard. And that's... Because I always thought Frank was mobbed up, like he was involved in the mob, wasn't he? Everyone says that. Yeah. But then at that time, where's the mob? Well, the mob are probably the <laughs> the ones that took his, you know. <laughs> people forget, like musicians and actors love to hang out with mafia people and they kind of forget. They go, hey, they're friends with me. The craziest part was after they caught these guys, mm-hmm. um, the mastermind of it is this guy named Keenan. Yeah. He was declared legally insane at the time of the kidnapping and not responsible for his actions. That is the lawyer I want. Yeah. Because that is a lawyer that went to a jury and said, hey, listen, you know how my client planned a kidnapping, got a gun, (laughs) went to a hotel room, (laughs) meticulously kidnapped a man and drove him to a safe house. Called Frank Sinatra Sr., letting him know he had his son. Well, that whole time, he was insane. Yeah. Also asking for money, yeah. getting the money. It's like, yeah. And also, well, you know when they say this and they go, this person, they're trying to, uh, they're trying to get off as being insane. It's like, but most people, like, when, when someone who's killed, like, ten people, like, yeah. of course he's insane. <laughs> yeah, those people are insane. They love to pretend... Like, I don't, of course, like a serial killer should be in prison. Yeah. But if somebody's like hacked eight people to death with an axe, there is, what, what else does insane mean yeah. if not that? And you get off on like diminished responsibility because you go, no, I'm mad. Oh, let him out. It's like, <laughs> no, keep him exactly there. <laughs> That's, uh, so we, did he get off then? He did. Yeah. He went to a psychiatric hospital, then got out. Fuck. That's pretty good. Who could we kidnap and then... Because I think if we showed them some clips from the podcast, they might. <laughs> You'd certainly be in with a, with a shot of getting off. I don't want to kidnap anyone. No, but if we had to kidnap a celebrity's child, which one? And by the way, child, I think he was older than... He's not like 10 here, No, he? he was an adult. Man. He was an adult. Right, who's adult kid? I think what would make sense... If, we're gonna, if we were going to kidnap a celebrity and hold them for ransom... Yeah. The person I think it would most make sense for me to kidnap is my cousin, Justin Bieber. Yes. Because it would make a salacious story. They would be like, his his pathetic cousin <laughs> who had to move to the England to do mind. comedy is kidnapping him and has demanded $12,000 <laughs> ransom. In Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> just Untraceable. A, just enough coin. to catch up with his mortgage payments and take his wife on a nice vacation in the hope she doesn't leave. <laughs> wants to go to Nando's. (laughs) Honest, so you just said that really uh, nonchalantly, but some listeners won't know that your cousin is actually Justin Bieber. That's true. That is actually true. Bobby's cousin is Justin Bieber. It's like a third cousin. It's a distant cousin. Yeah. But it's a, it's, I would definitely, in the press release that I would write in Justin Bieber's blood, I would say... My cousin Justin Bieber is yeah. singing me songs. If you want him to keep singing, pay up. Yeah, that's how you do it. We you want make, twelve grand. You'd make no more, no less. <laughs> 
I want the money delivered in a briefcase signed by Justin so I can later sell the briefcase on eBay. <laughs> Enough money to buy a secondhand Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> but that's... <laughs> You would get the money as well very quickly, I'm sure. That's a good... How would we lure him over? How would I... I don't think... I don't think there's a, a world where I'm getting close to Justin Bieber. The man has... He has got guards. He has bodyguards. But you couldn't write to him going, hey, isn't it so weird? We're both from, like, uh, middle of nowhere in Canada and we both come on to be uh, successes in our own right. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be at varying levels. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you live in a mansion in L.A. I've painted a room blue and called it a podcast studio. <laughs> Ask him if he wants to do a podcast, because I've got time to do two. Yeah. <laughs> I'll happily do one with Justin. It's weird, because I saw on Facebook once, you posted something, and loads of people commented with the surname Bieber. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got loads of relatives. My grandma growing up was Grandma Bieber. So you've got the same grandma? No, my grandma Bieber mm. uh, was obviously took my grandfather's name, mm. Grandpa Bieber, and uh. his his brother, I believe, was Justin Bieber's great grandfather. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, we could try and look. Have you followed him on Instagram? Okay, yes, Red. I just described the hypothetical kidnapping, but we're not now going to enact the kidnapping. We're not going to try to kidnap him. It may be our only hope, Bobby. <laughs> There's, okay. I, I don't know this, about you, but I want a Porsche. These people couldn't get away with a kidnapping in 1963 <laughs> when there was no phones, <laughs> internet, tracking devices. And they're smarter than we are, probably. Well, definitely, because they didn't do a podcast about it. Where <laughs> they broadcast publicly, <laughs> planning it all out. Yeah, now if Justin Bieber ever gets kidnapped, we're definitely being interviewed. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Who should we, uh, we, who should we look into? How about those two losers? who talked about kidnapping him right before he was kidnapped. Police come around. You're like, Hello, I haven't seen him anywhere. Oh. You cannot go upstairs. Yeah, yeah. You cannot go upstairs. And yes, someone is yelling, but I've kid I, I just, I have a boy who lives in a room. Yeah, yeah. And it would just sound like he's singing anyway. He'd get away with it. Oh, but if I did, if I had him, if I had him just for a couple of days, I'd treat him well, I'd feed him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't harm him, Yeah. but I'd get him to sing his songs. Yeah. And then I'd play his auto-tune songs back to him and say, eh, it doesn't really sound the same, does it? <laughs> Seems like you're getting a little help, Justin. See, the thing is, when I do comedy, it's all me. It's my voice. It's my writing. You're not writing these songs. That's not really your voice. You're just a pretty face. <laughs> but not for long. Now give me 12 grand. Get out of the blowtorch. Like, it's in my wallet. Yeah, just yeah, take yeah. it and fucking let me go. <laughs> also, what we're ignoring here is in this scenario, we have physical dominance over Justin Bieber. I think we would. No, no, no. That guy works out all the time. I, I think there's a very good chance Justin Bieber could kick the shit out of me. No, but what we've got on our side is desperate loser strength. <laughs> yeah, but he has he has the I don't want to be kidnapped by these desperate losers strength, <laughs> yeah, which true. is also a strength. Yeah, 
Look, he's scared feeling... of his face being. We wouldn't care, you know. <laughs> he's worried. He'd be worried about his face. I wouldn't. I'd be like, "Scar me! I'll write a bit about it, Justin. <laughs> Bite my nose off. I want to look special. I'll sell the nose on eBay because it touched you." Well, that's an idea. We could attack him, try and kidnap him, and when he beats us up, we sue him. <laughs> that's a, not a bad for six thousand each. <laughs> Well, poor Frank Sinatra Jr., sometimes having a famous dad with uh, mob connections isn't all it's cracked out to be. And if you're listening, um, don't do it. So here's a fact about it. The kidnappers demanded all communications be conducted by payphone. Okay. During these conversations, Frank Se- Sr. became concerned that he wouldn't have enough coins because you have to keep putting money in the payphone, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. So you run out of coins. You run out of coins, they kill your kid. Yeah, yeah. So it prompted him to carry 10 dimes for the rest of his life, and he was buried with 10 dimes in his pocket. Well, that's quite touching, really. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Just sort of giving the... We're Southwestern Street on... You can't do reverse charge cool either, probably back then. Thing is, if he lived till today, Mm. he'd have his dimes. His kid gets kidnapped again. He was the payphone, realizes he needs quarters. He's fucked. (laughs) It's like this... A payphone doesn't take... We need a cool card now. Yeah. Like... like, Since COVID, this doesn't even take coins, Frank, you fucking idiot. He's like, they'll only talk on Facebook. How do I slot these dimes into the machine and get on Facebook? Another thing that happened in 1963, Mm -hmm. the CIA opened their first domestic operations division in the United States. Nice. Now, the thing about the CIA is it's impossible for us to have a conversation about the CIA without bringing up conspiracy theories yeah yeah, especially since in 1963 jfk was uh assassinated yeah so they say yeah they do say here's the thing about conspiracy theories Mm. anything you can think of someone already believes it yeah i suppose which means there is someone out there who thinks jfk hired an assassin to kill him because he didn't want his wife to find out about Marilyn Monroe. Is that an actual one, or have you just made that one up? I just made that up. Okay. <laughs> so instead instead of just shooting himself, he thought, I'm, what, he's guilt-ridden, so he goes, I don't want her to know that I've been sleeping with Marilyn Monroe. I know he had sex with a lot of women, but maybe his wife never found out. Maybe. She did. It was different then. You didn't have any, so apparently you used to have women in the swimming pool at the White House and stuff like that. Um... And, like, there'd be constant... Was it the White or one of their guest houses? But, like, it would always be, you know, Jeff, JFK just sort of partying. Yeah, that's stuff. just because no one had phone cameras. Mm, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> the days of... Now, it's... Who would want to be known now, you know? Us. Yeah, well, that's why we're doing this. Remember when conspiracy theories were kind of cool? Yeah. Like, you'd know someone who was into them, and that would be a fun conversation? Rather than, like, a mainstream threat. I've always found them quite boring because you cannot argue with them. And it's usually people who take a lot of drugs or do smoke a lot of weed. Um, and often I find it's people who were a part of, like, they were, when they became adults, they couldn't fit into a thing. You know, they were maybe cool teenagers did loads of drugs and then became adults. And it was like, oh, I'm not a winner in this society. So it's better off that I pretend or I believe that there's a rigged system and it's way worse and I'm not involved in it. And that makes me better than one of the sheep who's along and getting up and going to do a job. And when you say that, my only question is, how are you not a conspiracy theorist? Because <laughs> I'm winning. 
<laughs> the system loves me, and I love the system. I see. We work for each other together. Um, it's weird that they start domestic operations, and then when they start domestic operations, Kennedy, Kennedy was dies. Robert Kennedy dies. He was shot. Martin Luther King's shot. Kennedy's shot. Both Kennedys are shot. Something is going on suddenly with the CIA. And this is how conspiracy theories start. That is very true. So what's the big one for JFK is that the mob killed him? I told you. Mm. His wife was going to find out about the affairs. <laughs> so he got a man yeah. to shoot him in the head. Was it Lee Harvey Oswald? I don't think so. I think it was a patsy. Well, you know what I heard? No, a man. It was a man named Patsy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a man named Patsy shot him in the head. Lee Harvey Oswald knew about it. And he agreed with the guy's decision to shoot in the head. And then Lee Harvey Oswald said, I'm a Patsy. Yeah. But he meant, I'm on Team Patsy. Okay. And then he was killed. And then he was murdered. The CIA is tough, though, because it's a cool job. You're at the Central Intelligence Agency. Imagine anyone who tuned into this podcast to mm -hmm. learn. Oh, they're fucked. If you're like, oh, I've got my degree tomorrow. I got <laughs> And you just explained that the CIA stands for Central Intelligence Agency and said it like you're a genius. Well, <laughs> it is what it is, all right? <laughs> We're doing our fucking best. Anyway, the Central Intelligence Agency, which, uh, as my very esteemed colleague, Mr. Bobby, Dr. Robert Mayer pointed out, uh, stands for um, Central Intelligence Agency, the Center of Intelligence. Imagine going to work there. They go, wait, when are you home for dinner? Sorry, I'm just in the Center of Intelligence, so I can't speak to you. <laughs> Would that not feel good? This was a mistake doing a podcast with you. Why? <laughs> because... <laughs> Your angle on the CIA is just saying, wouldn't it be cool if we were the Central Intelligence Agency? Yeah, but, okay, what would you think? You'd be like, no, it wouldn't be cool. I. What's your angle? That JFK shot himself in a car with his wife because he was sleeping with an actress. And that's, I'm the stupid one in the podcast. Stupider. <laughs> Not chance. You think you're smarter than me? I'm 100% smarter than you. If we, you were, I, I, I have never seen you at Mensa meetings. Okay, here's what's going to happen. You're not a member of Mensa. That I is am. a lie. Okay. In between this episode and the next episode, we are taking IQ tests. Okay. And we are going to have them in an envelope. Real IQ test. No, a fake IQ test. Of course, a real IQ test. No, well, yes. You might Google one, you know? No, we're going to find an IQ test. Yeah. Maybe we'll pay someone to administer the test. We'll sit down beside each other like students. Yeah, and we'll do it live on air. And we will do it live on air. And we'll see who's the dummy. And we will see who's stupider, me or you. Okay. Because I'm sick of you throwing shade at me and acting like I'm an idiot. I'm unbelievable. I, uh, I would say I'm the nicer one in the podcast. I'm nice to you. We're than not talking about me. nice. Okay. We're talking about shade you've been thrown at me and, and how the you're an idiot. gets to wear an I'm with stupid t-shirt uh, for all the watches on YouTube, all the millions of people who have decided it's not enough with just hearing our voices. They want to see our faces too. They can tune in. But anyway, back to the conversation. We're in 1963, Bobby. We're, trying, we're not in 2021 hating each other. We're in 1963. Um, do you think you could be in the CIA, genius boy? No. Why not? I can't keep secrets. Yeah. Um, I, I like hurting, but I don't like being hurt. 
And I feel like if you're in the CIA, you have to like be able to take. Like you know how like, you couldn't be tortured. No, <laughs> they put handcuffs on you. Ah, they hurt my wrist. I'll tell you everything. Oh my god, being no. I've met a guy who was on his way to be tortured once. What, when you met him, he was on his way to be tortured? I was on train going to a gig, and uh, <laughs> there was a guy, what? and he was a pilot, a fighter pilot. Mm-hmm. And he um, he was about my age, and he was uh, on his way to Newton Abbott, where there was a base, okay. for an enhanced interrogation mm. yeah. weekend. So, what had happened is, he had... Been in, he had been exported to the Canadian military for a few years, and he had already done this enhanced interrogation tactics course, which means they just torture you of for course. a weekend so you know what it feels like to be tortured. Now, this guy was completely over being a pilot, didn't want to do it anymore because it's really hard on your body to be a fighter pilot because you get, you get, like, your body just hurts all the time because it's getting battered around a cockpit. He was completely over being a pilot. Then we're talking about this train, like, and he was on his way, and they made him retake the enhanced interrogation course. What, because he, he folded? No, because in Canada, the Can- it's like a school thing. The yeah. Canadian enhanced interrogation course didn't carry over into the British military. So it's like the driving thing. Yes. <laughs> was it yes or no? I can't remember the answer. Ah! Yeah, they were, like, they were like, oh, well, listen, yes. In Canada, they say you can be tortured and not break under pressure, but... In this country, we have a slightly different definition of torture, <laughs> yeah. so we need to torture you to make sure. So he was on his way to be tortured for the weekend to do a job he didn't even want to do anymore. Jesus. Did you not turn to him and say, you know you could be paid to watch child porn? <laughs> 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 I couldn't be a spy because main thing, spies a cool job. CIA, cool job. You know, if you if you yeah. sat around a dinner table and someone goes, I work for the CIA, you'd want to sit next to them more than anyone else. Here's why you couldn't work in the CIA. Okay. Because you, if someone said, what do you do? There is no way you'd be able to lie. If I was a spy, I would tell everyone because it's fucking cool. Yeah. You'd be like, I'm a spy. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be at a bar. And what are you up to? I'm a spy. You know? If I went undercover in Iran trying to find a terror cell. Yeah, usually, like, the Russians would have to, like, um, you know, get pictures of somebody with their mistress to get information on them. Or <laughs> with you, it'd just be like, what did, you have, what did you do to crack red? Well, we bought him two drinks and asked him what he did for a living. <laughs> we got a photograph of him eating gummy bears and threatened to send it, <laughs> send it to his wife. Now he's, he's given us, sold his whole security system for his country down the river. Yeah. <laughs> no, it would be the urge to tell people, because it is, you, what, you're going to make up a fake... You've only got one life. Live it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you'd say when they when they caught you. Why have you done this? Russia's nukes are in the air as we speak. You only got one life. Live it. <laughs> It'd be hard not to tell people though, because people don't even tell their wife and kids. You're like, but your wife would respect you so much if you said I'm a spy. The kids would love it. Yeah, my dad's a spy. People are like, what does your dad do? My dad owns a garden center. Well, my dad's a spy. Yeah, rather otherwise they just have to, my dad's a data analyst, but he never spends time with us. Yeah, he's, he's a, he says he's a gardener, but he disappears for months on end. Yeah. You know what? That's not good. You want to enjoy reap the benefits of your cool job. You're not going to be like a fucking superstar guitar player and not tell anyone. True. You know what would be the point? That's true. You want the love and the respect. I'd want to come back from solving a case to. Uh, 
packed out airports like I'm a returning heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Kissing babies, signing merch. I'd sell merch as well. 100%. I'd actually do a podcast while I was out there. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I suppose that that's not what they're looking for. Is it? No. <laughs> I also wouldn't want the pain either. Yeah, I could do, I, I couldn't do any of the actual spy. I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Couldn't keep a secret. Wouldn't want to be tortured, but I'd like to say I did it. So maybe I could lie about being a spy and then I'm not upsetting <laughs> anyone. <laughs> so actually what you're going to do is not be a spy, but just go and at parties, because what you do is say, I, uh. I usually don't tell people, but I'm a spy. Yeah. But the chance I'd probably get kidnapped by like the Kremlin or something. No, no, I was lying about being a spy to impress people. <laughs> they go, this guy's really good. Electrocute the pig. <laughs> they put plutonium in your drink and slowly poison you. Like, no, no, I'm not actually a spy. I'm just an egomaniac. <laughs> Very little to show for myself, so I have to lie to impress people. Did you know, in 1963, 74 people died in a gas explosion during a holiday on ice show at the Indiana State Fair. I did not know that. What is a holiday on ice show? (laughs) Well, a holiday on ice show is like a play with music on ice, which means 74 people are very lucky they didn't have to see the end of the show. (laughs) Yeah, it's when you go to the theater, sometimes you do go... Come on, ISIS or someone. This is fucking horrible. I know. <laughs> God, just, so what happened then? There's a gas explosion. They all just, what? I don't know if you've ever uh, seen anything explode, Red. I've heard about it. Yeah. They burn to death in okay, a fire. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, when I see stuff explode, it's usually just videos on my Instagram. Ooh. That was cool, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was just in awe of you in that moment. <laughs> what an amazing... Man, I I have before me. Well, tell me more anyway. Tell me more about the 74 people that died. I don't know their names. Okay, well, you could have found this them This isn't out. a memorial. Don't <laughs> want me to read their names out and have a Yes, I do, actually. No, I, I actually do. Well, I'm sure some of them were great people. I'm not, not happy they died, but if if I have to die at any point, I hope it's when I'm watching a Holiday on Ice show. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a great show. It's a Holiday on Ice. In Indiana. It's not like they're going to get the best people performing. No, no. And were they, were, so was it just the audience or was it acts as well? That died? Yeah. I didn't look into the death list, Red, about who was killed. Well, no, you could have just looked into a description about what happened. I'm not asking you to look into a death list. I'm just wondering if performers were killed too. <laughs> this is you. The reason you're asking is because then you can empathize with the story because you can only <laughs> empathize with people who are very similar to you. You're such a little narcissist. You're like, wait, did any performers die? Well, Red, 74 people died. It's sad. It was in 1963. I'm saying they're lucky they didn't have to see any of the show. You're saying, I don't quite feel bad enough. Were any of them performers? That way I can find a way to empathize. I want to just know more about the situation and more about the event. But, um... Well, you can research it in your own time and write a fucking book. (laughs) You can write a fucking book about a gas explosion in 1963 and write a chapter on each person. Yeah memorializing them. Okay, well, I'll build a statue for each and every one of them. Good. And, okay, well, that's an interesting story, Bobby. 
Uh, 73 people died. 74. 74 people, Red. 74 people. Show some respect to those people. I will. Very sad and a great, another great topic uh, brought to the Year Is podcast by Bobby Mayer. Thoroughly researched and um, and fun, too. So thanks for that, Bobby. Well, I, what do you got? Well, I've got a scandal for you, Bobby Mayer. I've got a big, big scandal. Very famous scandal in 1963. Would love to hear about it. You would indeed. It's called the Profumo Affair. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this at all? No. John Profumo. And it's quite relevant to now because he was a Tory MP. Huge scandal. So it's the height of the Cold War. John Profumo is a married Tory MP, rising star. Everyone loves him. He starts having an affair with this lady called Christine Keeler, who is a young socialite. I did a little bit of uh, research into her. And it's, let's just say stuff wasn't exactly... Uh, kosher back then you know what i mean by today's standards so christine keeler born in 1942 she left school at 15 with no qualifications stay in school and took a series of short-lived jobs in shops offices and cafes she aspired to be a model and at 16 had a photograph published in tit bits magazine okay 16 tit bits magazine can you imagine i don't think i don't think i, I don't think it's a pornographic magazine tit bits i don't think that's what tit bits magazine <laughs> no? is I'm looking it up. Well, look it up, because otherwise that's not great. Someone's dad again. Uh, yeah, going to go get some milk. Oh, can you go get me a copy of this week's Titbit magazine, please? <laughs> Was it not a... No, it's just like tidbits, like... Um... Oh, okay. <laughs> Virginia Woolf submitted her first article to Tidbits. Okay, well... It doesn't... It's, you thought it was, it was a 16, you know, Red. Okay, I'm very sorry if you work for Tidbits magazine. I, didn't, I should have clicked on that and checked it out. Um, but so she she started having a uh, an affair with John Profumo, older Tory MP. Um, she characterised the relationship as unromantic and said it was a screw of convenience not a very nice way to to describe it but so basically she was sleeping with him but at the same time she was also sleeping with ivanov who was a russian spy um in england trying to infiltrate the british government okay at the height of the cold war so it's kind of like dominic rab now uh sleeping with a lady who's also sleeping with Someone who runs an ISIS terror cell <laughs> in this country is not good, and it was it was found out. It was a massive scandal. Um, his wife found out he had to step down, um, but they were introduced by this man uh, called Stephen Ward, who was an osteopath and sort of a socialite guy. He he um, introduced them to each other and got he got the most shit for anyone. He committed suicide. Which is quite, well, supposedly committed suicide. Kind of was involved in espionage. Well, accidentally went involved in espionage, and then dies. You know, by suicide. It's something little smacks of the Epstein suicide. You know, it's not Kurt Cobain suicide. Somehow. Mm-hmm. You are turning this podcast into a conspiracy theory podcast. <laughs> no, I just think the chances are if you piss off both the British and Russian government and then you're found dead in your flat from a overdose three days later, the chances are it wasn't you who took the pills. <laughs> there, People always say things are conspiracy theories when they're clearly not. It's like that spy they found in a bag. Did you hear about that guy? Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah, he killed himself by putting himself in a bag. <laughs> what? It's obvious. He was in his own flat. He put himself in a bag and he strangled himself to death or something. <laughs> I can't remember how he died. And he zipped the bag up. I don't know how. But they, the police investigated and they said 
We don't know. We think we he put himself in the bag. Of course. He shot himself in the back of the head from 10 feet away. Yeah, and he worked for MI5. And, it, you know. Mm, we will some, end up in a bag. Sometimes often. things are as simple as we think they are. No, of course. We've all zipped ourselves into bags. <laughs> accidentally. Throttled ourselves. It wasn't a suicide. It was a death by misadventure. Yeah, of course. Of course, yeah. Rolled around in a bag. Well, this is, sounds like what happened here. I found something, though. He, um, John Profumo was speaking to his son 20 years later. He described Christine Keeler, someone who seemed to like sexual intercourse. This is to his son <laughs> 20 years later. So he's about 70 at the time. <laughs> son, she was someone who seemed to like sexual intercourse, but who was completely uneducated, with no conversation beyond makeup, hair, and gramophone records. Uh, news flash for you, John Profumo. She was 19 years old, and you were a 60-year-old or whatever man. <laughs> you know, what do you expect her conversation to be? If you have sex with young people, they talk about young stuff, which has long been the problem for predatory old men, is the, is the conversation that, that comes with it. Not fair on them. Uh, unbelievable. No, I just thought that was a weird thing to say to your son. Seem to like sexual intercourse. Now, one thing I know about that woman I cheat on your mum with and lost uh, my job and disgraced the family forever. I just like that his son was just like, I need to tell people about this chat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I just can't imagine any conversation think... with my family where I'm like, the media needs to hear this. Oh, I think you bury it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think any. I think your therapist needs to hear yeah. that chat. And then that's it. You just go, oh, dad. <laughs> Not again. But no, it's just like, of course, Tory MP doing something fucking stupid in a massive, like, you know, huge Cold War going on. Of course, it, of, of course, one of them is sleeping with someone who's also sleeping with the enemy. Yeah, but it's just a sexual partner. <laughs> My argument at the time would be like, what does it matter who she else she's sleeping with? Why no. does that matter so much? How would you feel if I was having an affair with someone who was sleeping with someone from a rival podcast and they were stealing our secrets? What are our secrets? Paint the wall blue. Yeah. Spend your life savings on microphones. <laughs> yeah. We don't want other people knowing about that stuff. Yeah. So it's not as uh, it's not as, as cut and dry as you make out. It's pretty bad. It's not good. Like if you're, you know, you're not meant to be doing that. Well, she's a married man. Maybe they were in an open relationship. Yeah. Still, the, the problem isn't the sleeping with. The problem is, is who you're sleeping with. So, yeah, we haven't really talked that much. About it, but JFK was yeah. killed in nineteen sixty three. That was the biggest thing that happened that year, but everyone spoke about it. I think people more want to know about Porsches and stuff, you know, other stuff that happened that year. Yeah. Also Martin Luther King gave his I have a dream speech. Yeah, that was a big moment. That was iconic. It's just like I don't have anything to say other that about that other than that's great. There's two hundred and fifty thousand people there. Yeah. That is He didn't he should have charged Admission fee. <laughs> he could have made so much money. If he just charged a dollar I, a person. I'd pay to watch him do the speech at Wembley yeah. Stadium. Yeah. If he was still, he could just tour doing that. Because it's an amazing <laughs> speech. And you go, no, it's 25. Oh, no, we charge more. 50 quid. What do the Stones charge? Rolling Stones, 400 pounds. Yeah, but he's a good man, <laughs> Red. The reason he could lead this I... movement is he's not you. I bet his manager was stood there looking at all those people going, we really missed a fucking trick. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> VIP section, meet and greet afterwards. <laughs> oh, right. 
<laughs> it was a big moment, and I'm sorry, you know. Yeah, it's just like, thank you for that. <laughs> the I Have a Dream Tour by Live Nation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Martin, if Martin Luther King would have lived a few more years, like uh, some promoter right now would be doing a hologram tour of oh, his greatest what, hits. 100% Drake opening for him. <laughs> it would be massive. <laughs> Well, that's been another episode of The Year Is, Bobby. Um, I've enjoyed myself a lot. I hope you guys have listening at home, on the bus, in the bath, wherever you are, even in prison. Um, <laughs> please, please like and subscribe. Leave us a review if it's if it's nice. Don't yeah. say like, oh, Red's a dick and Bobby's annoying. You can say some of that. Um, but, uh, yeah, leave us a review and thanks for listening. Please keep sharing with your friends. Um, it just helps us. Yeah, we've been we've been really happy with the feedback. We have. So let's keep going. Let's keep going. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to an episode of The Year Is with me, comedian Bobby Mayer, and my sometimes friend, Red Richardson. This podcast has been produced by our brilliant producer, Jody Vandenberg. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.